0: receive these words from the gospel according to Luke, the 10th chapter, beginning with the 38th verse. Now they, as they went on their way, they entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. which will not be taken away from her. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Thanks be to God. You may be seated.
1: Amen. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Let us bless God's name together. I am Stacey Cole Wilson, and I greet you in the name of the one who is peace, joy, love. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, the risen Lord. It is my honor to be a part of this worship experience with you today. Thank you to all who've participated in worship, who've led us in this time of divine worship of the Most High God. Foundry family, I thank God for you and for your over. 215 years of faithful, spiritual leadership in this nation's capital. For your pastoral leadership, awesome hospitality. Esteemed senior pastor, my colleague, sister and friend, Ginger Gaines-Sorelli, I thank God for each of you and for the invitation to join in this sermon series, Living the Questions. For those who've joined us remotely and or in person, welcome. We celebrate your presence in a world of nearly 8 billion people. Together we are here, unique creations of the Most High God, and God is with us. God is mindful of us. God knows us by name. God understands everything about us. God knows where we are in life, where, what we care about, and God cares about it all. Therefore, we gather mindful of and seeking faithful responses to all that impacts us this day, from acts of violence to political unrest to those who are in need in various ways, for those who mourn, those impacted by illness, COVID-19 and its variants, our climate, crises, war, unrest around the world, conflict, political tensions, acts of hate, mass shootings and other forms of violence and or injustice. We are mindful of those impacted by humanitarian crises here and around the world, especially those in uh, regions of political tensions amid regional drought and conflict like Sudan, those impacted by economic crises compacted by a decade of war in Syria. Humanitarian, humanitarian access worsening as needs and political tensions rise in Somalia. Myanmar, violent deadlock, leaving millions in need. the Democratic of Republic, uh, uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, where there's conflict and disease, compound crisis, South Sudan, where regional tensions raise risks in Nigeria, where growing security across the country, in Yemen, cumulative impact of protracted conflict. Ethiopia where climate and conflict is also a a, a great issue in Afghanistan, where there's crisis after crisis and conflict. We gather mindful that we are interrelated, interconnected people. We gather mindful that we are one people, and in, in the words of Reverend King, that what impacts you impacts me, what directly impacts you indirectly impacts me, that we are a connected family. Thanks be to God that God claims each of us loves each of us, and has purposes for us to accomplish in this earth realm. As we continue the sermon series, Living the Questions, our sermonic text is Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. And thank you, Anne, for reading those uh, scripture verses for us. Our question, our specific question for this moment, originates from Martha's question to Jesus. Lord, Lord, do you not care? Will you pray with me? Gracious and merciful God who is with us, thank you for the gift of your presence. As you interpret every groan and communicate with us ways that make a difference, meet us at the point of our need. Comfort those who mourn and alleviate the suffering of your people. Speak to us and through us and in spite of us and challenge and encourage us to do all that we can to follow your will and adhere to your word. Permeate every aspect of our being with your life and your spirit. Transform us from the inside out by the power of your word so that every life We'll know the depths of your unconditional love, the consolation of your peace, and the healing power of your presence. We trust you with all the things and with all the concerns of your people. Let the words of our mouths, the meditations of our hearts, faithful actions that liberate your people be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Like Martha and other persons who are examining this life in which we live, we have some questions for God. We have some questions for Jesus, yes. We have some questions, and like Martha, our attention may be understandably divided and or troubled by many important things. Like... Which cause needs us most right now? Like, as we've heard in the children's message, family, uh, responsibilities, all the hats we wear. For me, one real question that I had earlier was, what am I going to wear in this service that I can actually fit, that is comfortable, that will not cut off my blood circulation? (laughs) They're questions, they're things that have our attention, the war in Ukraine, what's happening in the streets in D.C. and in Baltimore. There are so many things, valid things, important things, things that bring us to our knees, things that make us weak, things that bring us joy, weddings, anniversaries, graduations, so many things that we care about. And we know that God has sent us here as a connected, united family, that we're sent here with gifts and graces and abilities that we can indeed make this world better. We can indeed make our own lives better, that we have a part to play in the healing of the nations, in the healings of our families. We we have power, we have agency. In the text, I just want us to just stay there for a little bit and kind of live through these individuals. There's a woman by the name of Mary. We're told through this text that she is a friend of Jesus. And throughout other scriptures in which we encounter her, she invited Jesus to her home for a meal. That had to be a stressful Uh, encounter, a stressful invitation. Jesus, will you come to my home? Jesus, who is en route to Jerusalem, while she lives in Bethany, about a 40-mile walk away, she invites her friend to come over for a meal. We're told in the house there is Mary, her sister, and Lazarus, her brother. We, we, We later know Mary to be the one who is called Mary of Bethany, perhaps the one who anointed Jesus uh, with her tears and poured her oil, her, her ointment, her costly perfume on his feet. She wiped it away with her hair. We're also introduced to this man named Lazarus who Jesus miraculously brings back to life again after days of being dead. We find in this text that not only is Martha the host, And as the host, she has great responsibilities related to hospitality, as was the custom of the day. Her responsibility was to care for the needs of all present. Want to make sure you have what you need, that the food is ready, that that you're able to recline and enjoy this company, this time together. And she just had one request, that her sister Mary also help her to care for those present, to care for Jesus and the other guests. Jesus became the Lord of the home as the chief one invited. And we find that this text recorded in Luke and John's gospel that Martha notices her sister Mary. Now you imagine this. You are having a a party or there is an event at your home and, and the person who's entrusted with the responsibility of helping you is now seated at the feet of one of your guests. At this time, this is peculiar in that this role of being seated at the feet of the rabbi is generally one reserved for a disciple. But here we have a woman named Mary. We have a, a woman whose role at this time is to serve, actually positioning herself as a student. She's positioning herself It's something that is outside the custom of the day. I understand that the women shouldn't be here, but Jesus has something to say. Martha goes to to Jesus, which is interesting to me, that she didn't have a conversation with her own sister, Mary. Maybe she's had a few of those before. But she went to Jesus. And she specifically said in in, in one particular translation, she asked him, like really like paraphrasing, do you see what she's done? Do you you not care where she is? Do you not care about what I I care about? I'm paraphrasing. She, She didn't ask him. She didn't ask Jesus, do you see where she is? She didn't ask Jesus, do you know what she's done? But she asked Jesus a powerful question to me. Do you care? She asked him an effective question. Do you care that I have no one to help me serve you and the rest of our guests? Do you care that Mary has chosen to sit at your feet while I'm left alone to be the host, the one who is serving the hospitality? It can also be interpreted, Lord, do you not care how Mary's behavior impacts and affects the work that I am doing and affects my role as the hospital host? Do you not care that I need help? Are you not concerned about what I'm concerned about in this moment? Do you not care about the source and solutions to my situational crisis? Do you not care that this person, that this being is not behaving as the culture calls for this one to behave in this moment? Do you not care that your Martha, your beloved Martha, in this moment is overworked and under-resourced? I am moved by Martha's question, by her relationship with Jesus, by her vulnerability and boldness to seek a solution to her problem. I am am moved by her strength and her confidence that that she can go to God. She can can approach Jesus and not only ask Jesus, ask God, do you care? But then tell God how she thinks God should handle the situation. Have you ever given God some advice? Have you ever said, God, this is what's happened, and and, and I need to know, do you care about it? But this is the solution. This is how I think you should fix it. These are the in-laws, and this is how I think you should, uh, this is the place where perhaps they can stay instead of my house. (laughs) God, this is what I see. This is how I believe you should solve it. And here's my advice. I love the fact that she understood that God is big enough to handle whatever she offers, that God is great enough, that she doesn't have to like gingerly approach Jesus, but she could lay her emotions at Jesus' feet, that she could challenge him that she could say, Jesus, do you not care? Do you not see what's happening? Do you, do you, do you? And still understand that even when Jesus responds to her, that she can accept what God says. And, and as, as, as we continue to move through this text, we find that not only was the culture challenged, her idea of how the problems should be fixed but we understand here that Martha had to, at some point, surrender her will for God's will. She had to, because Jesus' response to her wasn't, that her, her question wasn't valid. Thanks be to God. God didn't debate with her about if, he, if, if, if God cared or not, or, or if it was an important question. Thanks be to God. God didn't say, you should, you should feel a different way. You shouldn't have the emotions you have. Thanks be to God. God didn't minimize her. God didn't deny what she said. God didn't create a polarizing situation. God just simply said, Martha, Martha, I know you. 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 I know you by name. And I care. He didn't say it. But it's, I care. Of course I care. But you are worried about so many things, and these are valid things, and they must be considered. They must be talked about. They, they can't just be uh, shoved under the rug. You, you, are care, you care about something that is important, Martha. And you've got all these balls, as we saw earlier, you're holding and you're juggling. They're all important. And I know it, it feels... So so difficult, maybe even, to balance it all. But where will you get the strength to handle some of these things? And as Casey said to us earlier, to lay some of them down. It's at the feet of Jesus. The strength that that we need to get back up and go out and speak up and do the things that God is calling us to do. The hard things. The uncomfortable things, the uneasy things, those that strength, that power, that resolve can come from being seated in God's presence. It can come from coming to foundry and just sitting in the pews and listening to the worship. It can come from the children's message, from the the songs and the hymns that are offered. It can come from just being seated next to your neighbor. It can come from being greeted at the door by the ushers. It can come during the coffee hour. It can come in a way in which we have assembled ourselves together as, as people of God. We get strength. We get reminded that we're not in this human rights struggle alone. That we're not carrying burdens alone. That we're not weeping alone, that we're not journeying through relationships alone. That we're not all in a similar situation and God cares about each one of us equally. God cares about Everything that we care about, God sees everything that we see. God understands the political cycle that we're in. God knows the fears that we may have in our heart, and yet God still speaks a word. Do not be anxious for anything. Prayer and supplications make your requests known unto God. Cast your burdens upon me. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, and my burdens are light. Trust me with your life. Trust me. If I care for the lilies, and you can consider how they grow, why would I not also care for you? There are so many questions that we live with, and we're so thankful that God says, you don't need all the answers. Just come to me for strength. Come to me and exchange your weakness for my strength. Come come to me. Come to me and be refueled for the journey. Come to me and get words of new life. Come to me when you've heard some of the most difficult of news that, 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 that has perhaps brought you to your knees. Come to me and let me offer you words of new life, words of healing at the feet of Jesus, where the focus is not on what we can do with our own power and in our own strength, but at the feet of Jesus, it's what God is calling us and empowering us and strengthening us to do. What are those things that God is calling you, me, us to do, even now amidst all the priorities and the concerns that we have, the the roles that we play, the, the jobs that we have, what must our focus be now? And what is most significant? What is the most significant use of our time, energy, and resources right now? What and who do you care about that needs you now? What in our lives needs to be reprioritized so that the main thing can indeed be the main thing? And how are our actions aligned with what we say we care about? Martha, you care about serving, and you know hospitality is a part of discipleship, wonderful. But right now, I want you to focus on the main thing, which is learning, absorbing information from God that you can then take first, that you can receive and allow those words to transform you, and then take out into the world so that the world may be transformed by the love, the power, and the knowledge of the Most High God. I love when George Washington Carver, I wrote, I believe in his autobiography, and he talked about how he came up with all, what, over 300 uses for the peanut. And he said, it's because I walked every day, and as I walked, of course, he's a scientist, but he's saying, I just couldn't rely on my scientific knowledge. I needed to rely on the something above human ability. And so as I journeyed throughout the day, in the morning, I watched the trees, I interacted with nature, I asked for God's wisdom. God, how can I be of benefit in this space? God, what can this be used for? God, what do you need me to focus on right now? And he said, as a result of of, of these questions, he was able to come up with over 300 uses for this one particular thing. He, like so many others that we can name throughout history, realized that their strength came from God. How is God strengthening you even in this moment? How is God strengthening us right now amidst all of the competing priorities? How is God making all things new, even when we don't get the words or the outcome that we expect? And so I just want to close with this this, um, passage from the the Archbishop Desmond Tutu, late Desmond Tutu. In his book, he he wrote a book entitled, God Has a Dream, A Vision of Hope for Our Time. And there he writes these words. Dear child of God, it is often difficult for us to recognize the presence of God in our lives and in our world. In the clamor of the tragedy that fills the headlines, we forget about the majesty that is present all around us. We feel vulnerable and often helpless. It is true that all of us are vulnerable, for the vulnerability is the Sense of creaturehood. But we are not helpless. And with God's love, we are ultimately invincible. Our God does not forget those uh, who are suffering and oppressed. During the darkest days, he said, of apartheid, all the objective facts were against us. The past laws, the imprisonments, the tear gassing, the massacres, the murder of political activists. He said it all. But... My confidence was not in the present circumstances, but in the laws of God's universe. This is a moral universe, which means that despite all the evidence that seems to be to the contrary, there is no way that evil and injustice, depression and lies can ever have The last word. God is a God who cares about right and wrong. God cares about justice and injustice. Then he says, God is in charge. That is what upheld the morale of the people. Now he said there were challenges. But to know, to know that in the end, good will prevail. It was these higher laws, he said, that convinced him that our peaceful struggle would topple the immoral laws of apartheid. May God remind us this day that our peaceful struggle for human rights, for human dignity, for equal rights for all people, may God remind us that that struggle is not in vain that the doors we've opened to those who are seeking new homes and places of shelter, that the work that we've done is not in vain, and that the work that God is calling us to do, the directions we see, we can find them in the presence of the Most High God. May God continue to speak directly to each one of us, give us words of strength and new life, Stir up the gifts within us so that as we leave these places of corporate worship, that we go back to our homes, our families, our communities, our nations, to disrupt those systems, those structures that are, in, that are, that are not aligned with God's will. That we'll find the, the strength, that we'll have the courage and the peace that surpasses all understanding, to say, here I am. Thank you, God. Send me. Do you care? Yes, you care. Now, how must I care about what you care about? In the name that is above every other name, we pray. Amen. Will you pray with me, Spirit of the living God, Thank you for falling afresh on us. As the psalmist says, thank you for melting, molding, filling, and I'll say inspiring us. You're the reason we live, move, and have our being. So we trust you with all things. We go forth in the power of your name, in Jesus Christ.